Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're taking another look at the prospect for the office market. This is brought to you as a result of a new report published by Brokerage House Marcus and Millichap. The report tells a tale of pain and opportunity. Roughly 90 million square feet of new inventory is expected to be added to the market this year. These projects were started before the pandemic. As you know, once a project starts, you need to finish. Markets that welcomed the most inventory were led by New York with 6 million square feet, Chicago with 4.3 million square feet, and Dallas-Fort Worth with 3.8 million. And while the addition represents 1% growth in the market overall, the vacancy rate, when you consider the market as a total, is at 16%. The hardest hit properties were those in the urban core. San Francisco had the biggest jump in vacancy to 18.4% as the city vacated 14 million square feet. Houston has the highest overall vacancy rate at 22.9%. Part of that was driven by the downturn in the energy sector and then finally by the pandemic. We've been in active discussions with several owners of downtown buildings where this vacancy is well above average and some of these marquee properties with massive floor plates may be best repurposed to higher and best use as a residential or healthcare end use. Rents fell this year for the first time since 2010. The asking rents across the country were down an average of 2.6% to an average of $28.23 per square foot. That's on a triple net basis. Rents in the central business districts fell by 6%. New York experienced an office rental rate drop of 11.9%, but even with that, rental rates remain well above the national average at $55.61 a square foot. Some of the trends identified in the report are counterintuitive. The office market is not moving in unison. This seems to be a flight to safety for investors. Investors want to own the best assets, and they're paying more for those high-quality Class A assets. The average price for all office transactions rose nationwide 2.5% to $285 per square foot. But that means that some buildings went up in price and others definitely dropped in price. The average cap rate held steady at 7.2%, remaining in the low 7% range since 2017. And that means that investors are running away from poor quality assets or assets that are seen as being older. And at the end of the day, quality of tenants seems to be the number one factor in determining the quality of a building. Lenders in the office space have reopened their lending desks in Q2 of this year. We saw several lenders exit during the pandemic. That includes several of the largest insurance companies that lend in the commercial real estate market. Many of these lenders are now back in the market. I've spoken with two who exited back in March of 2020 and subsequently reopened their lending desks in June of this year. Overall, in 2020, small regional banks made up a little over a quarter of the lending market, followed by the national banks at 21%. The CMBS market, that's the commercial mortgage-backed securities market, makes up about 20% of the total market, and international banks and insurance companies make up about 10 and 12% of the market, respectively. As we look forward in 2021, about 6 million people are expected to be added to the employment roles nationally, but many of these jobs are in service sectors like food and beverage and hospitality. These employees are not office workers. About 1 million of the people in the office worker category are expected to be hired in the remainder of 21. But that doesn't mean they will necessarily occupy their 300 square feet of office space. Some may be hired to work from home or maybe in a hybrid role. If all of them did return to the office, they would occupy space that's largely already leased. Probably would not make a huge dent in the overall market vacancy rate. Remember, just because office space is empty doesn't mean it's vacant. 
the tenant may still be paying rent and keeping it empty because they're locked into a lease and they have no choice. Some have chosen to sublet the space, and despite significant sublease activity pushing rents down, tenants are also being very selective when it comes to making a long-term investment in a lease. Building features and amenities are among the critical factors that influence whether a tenant will sign a lease. They're scrutinizing the building's air handling and air quality like never before. Tenants are looking for flex space with more conference rooms than ever before to accommodate hybrid work arrangements where employees work from home part-time. So if you're looking to sell a building, investors are going to scrutinize the weighted average lease terms. That's the one factor that's going to have a major impact on your ability to sell the building and ultimately its price. The message is simple. If you want to sell a building, make sure you get it full and you get tenants to sign longer-term lease renewals so the buyer's confident they won't be facing an empty building in two years' time. If you're interested in reading the full Marcus and Millichap report, I put a link to the report in the show notes. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.